You are listening to the Riverside Community Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at www.riversideconnect.org. All right, who's hungry now? Me too. Welcome uh, to Riverside. My name's Dave Longstreth, and if you haven't had the opportunity to meet with me yet, or vice versa, if you're, especially if you're new with us here today, I just uh, would encourage you afterwards, I'll, I'll be out here uh, to serve the Berg area and would love the opportunity to meet with you, introduce myself, and I just want to say welcome to Riverside here uh, on this April 23rd. Those of you who are listening by podcast, welcome as well. And I want to invite uh, everyone to follow along with our notes today. You can uh, do this. You can write in your own notes even in our Riverside app. Uh, if you don't have our app, uh, you can go to the app store on your device, search for Riverside Community Church, and you should find it. See a little R logo. There's several Riverside Community Churches in this world that are using apps. Um, and today we're at the Mills, of course. So you can just sign in there and follow along in our notes. Encourage you to do that. It's a really nice feature that we have. And today, uh, like David said, we're beginning a new series. It's titled Good Eats. Bold faith is the best thing that you've ever tasted. If you're on social media, we're using the hashtag GoodEatsRCC. And uh, you can find lots of great uh, things that people share on there just by clicking on that hashtag. So bold faith, with all its rich and robust flavor, is the best thing that you have ever tasted. And if you've already had a taste for God's goodness, then you can agree with me, right? And if you're here today and you haven't yet tasted the richness and fullness of bold faith in our Creator God, I'm going to encourage you to tune in just a little bit more, please, because I'm going to describe it for you and I'm going to recommend it highly to you. Because everything else in our world today pretends to taste better than God, and it may seem that way if we've not really tasted, truly tasted God's goodness, but experience will prove time and time again that everything else in this world is just bland and boring compared to God's goodness. So let's get those taste buds primed. How about it? Let's get our palates hungry for the good stuff. And we're going to start with a list. This is a list of my favorite things to eat. Unlike the song, so these are a few of my favorite things. Let's start with appetizers. Shrimp, calamari, bacon-wrapped scallops, bacon-wrapped smokies, bacon-wrapped bacon, Bacon wrapped anything. Anything bacony. You see what I'm you see where I'm going with this? Wings, basically of any kinds. I'll, t- I'll take it all. I love it all. Uh, bacon wrapped wings. How about that? How about soups? Category of soups. Here's my list. Seafood soup of pretty much any kind. Any kind of seafood soup you put in front of me, I love it. I love it already. Thai soups, Vietnamese soups, chowders, chili, uh, bacon soup. All right, salads. <clears throat> All right, meats and seafood. Um, 50-50 burgers. Love them. So juicy. Filet mignon with jumbo lump crab meat on top of it. That's Oscar style, okay? Anybody know Oscar style? Fried catfish. Fish tacos. Crab. Lobster. Shrimp. Scallops. Shellfish. Fish. Okay, I guess all seafood, all right? Any good cut of steak, really. I mean, of course, it's going to have to be cooked medium or medium rare, depending on where you go to eat. And of course, bacon and bacon-wrapped steaks and bacon-wrapped anything, right? Uh, How about favorite ethnic foods? I love Mexican, I love Asian, I love Italian, probably right in that order. I could probably name something from every ethnicity, and I love it, okay? Treats, chocolate, 
Mm. Cake. Cake. I like the cake, not the icing. I mean, icing's okay sometimes, but I'd rather just eat the cake. Pie. Most pies, except for maybe rhubarb and, and minced meat. I don't like that either. Uh, Millie's Coconut Lime Sorbet. Anybody been to Millie's? Oh, yeah, okay. It's, it's great. It's in uh, East Liberty. East Liberty, okay? Uh, it's velvety, just like ice cream, but it doesn't have the dairy. I can't have the dairy. A good frappuccino, a good coffee drink, uh, bacon, candied bacon, chocolate-covered bacon, bacon-covered donuts, and bacon-topped punchkis, okay? All right. So... Let's camp out just for a moment on chocolate, all right? There's something about chocolate, right? It just, it's just, it, it gets you, there's something in it that you crave it. Put a piece of chocolate in front of me and let's have a stare down and you're gonna, you're gonna win every time because I'm just gonna look right at that chocolate. Oh, the smell of chocolate, the look of it, the way it feels in my mouth as it melts and of course the addicting taste of that chocolate. So I have a treat and an experiment for all of us today. Ushers, you know what to do. So the ushers are distributing buckets right now and they're filled with Hershey's Kisses. Listen, just take one. All right, no sinners here today, please. Just take one and hold on to it. And here's, here's, the, here's the treat slash experiment for you this morning. Oh, thank you. Oh, I get... One, two, three, four, five. Five for me. This is going to be, this is going to, I'm going to put, I'm going to put four of them back here so I don't see them. Here's, here's, here's what you can do. <clears throat> this is my gift to you. Congratulations. I'm so generous. Um, you can feel free, to, feel free to unwrap this little treat at any time today during our message. Okay? You can smell it. You can look at it. Uh, you can, and when you just can't take it anymore, just pop it in your mouth and eat it, okay? I don't care when you eat it, just don't trash a place up, but a little experiment. How can you, how long can you keep this in front of you without eating? That's fun, okay? So nobody's judging you, it's okay. You don't get another one, so it's all about timing. If, okay, you can get another one if you come back to the next service. All right, so good luck and enjoy. I wish that more great tasting food was healthy, Okay? Uh, there were some healthy items on the list, right, that I, that I went over, some of my favorite things. Some of those things are healthy, and they can be cooked healthy. Some of them can be cooked unhealthy, of course, because we want to eat what is good, right? Okay, all right. We can easily make a list of food that is good for you, but it doesn't taste good. I mean, I could make that list very easily. We can also easily make a list of food that tastes good, but is not good for us. And there were some things on my list like that. But coming up with that list of food that is good for you, and it tastes good. It's a little bit more difficult. It's not hard, it's not impossible, but it's not as easy. So what makes food good? What is good, really? Think about what you like. Think about what makes it good to you. Think about food that we can all agree on, that is healthy, that is good for you. What makes it good for you? So throughout the Bible, there are different references to food. I mean, so many references to food in the scriptures, in festivals and parties and stories and illustrations and teachings, in miracles, right, and in instructions to right living, because food is something that we all relate to. We have to have it, and we love good food, especially good food. Who wants to talk about bad food, right? If I had to list here for you uh, a list of all the worst foods, foods that make me want to throw up, who wants to sit around and listen to that, right? Nobody. Okay, one or two people. I... I knew, I knew somebody would raise their hands, of course. 
<clears throat> so throughout the Bible, food is referenced and it's mentioned, and then there are spiritual applications that are made to those references, which is kind of how today's talk's going to be. We're going to talk about food, okay? We're going to relate to spiritual things, to the food things, and we're going to leave really hungry today, okay? And throughout this sermon series, our local restaurants, they're probably going to see a spike in sales because of uh, Riverside Community Church. So my first question for you today is this, what is good? What is good? Let's turn to the scriptures. Psalm 34 this morning is our text. I'm going to start verses 1 through 8, and here's what it is. I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak his praises. I will boast only in the Lord. Let all who are helpless take heart. Come, let us tell the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt his name together. I prayed to the Lord, and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. In my desperation, I prayed, and the Lord listened. He saved me from all my troubles. For the angel of the Lord is a guard. He surrounds and defends all who fear him. Taste and see that the Lord is good. In the scripture, the psalmist David is giving a personal testimony of the goodness of God and why he is good. But the idea here is that David is proclaiming that God has been good to him, that he personally experienced the goodness of God. The thought here is to taste and see that the Lord is good is what the psalmist says, or let's phrase it this way, experience what is good. Experience what is good. You can only know so much by reading reviews, right? By people praising food, for example. Me and all my talk about bacon. If you never had bacon before, I made it sound pretty good. But you don't know that it's good. You, got, you need to leave here and go get some bacon. I need to leave here and go get some bacon. <clears throat> I need somebody to bring me bacon between services. Just kidding. Just kidding. But you can only know so much about talking about it, by people praising it, by people telling about it, by uh, checking out what people say on Yelp or looking at pictures or videos of it. To really know if food is good, you have to actually try it. You have to taste it for yourself and, and let your senses indulge in the experience of it. Then you will be able to know whether it's good or not good and how it rates on your goodness scale. And so it is with the life of faith and spiritual things. Every aspect of following Jesus is meant to be experienced firsthand. There's always more to be experienced. There's always something new in this life of faith. And people can tell you about it. You can read the reviews. You can even yelp local churches and watch videos and look at pictures. But nothing is going to help you to rate the goodness of God short of experiencing God for yourself. You can talk about food. You can think about it, write about it, draw it, prepare it for others. But if you don't taste it, how do you know how good it is? Same thing goes with your faith. You can talk about your faith, you can share it, you can ponder it, you can illustrate your faith, you can tell others, you can preach it from a stage, but if you fail to experience God for yourself, how can you know if he is truly good? Let's continue on, on here in Psalm 34. I'm gonna go eight through 11. Again, starting at verse eight. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him for fear the Lord, you, his godly people. For those who fear him will have all that they need. Even strong young lions sometimes go hungry. But those who trust in the Lord will lack no good thing. Come, my children, and listen to me, and I will teach you to fear the Lord. So David now is recommending to the reader what is good. He is telling us to taste and see that God is good. 
And he can do this because, like I said, he first experienced the goodness of God for himself, as we previously read there. And the thought here is to tell others that they need to taste and see that the Lord is good. In other words, recommend what is good. Recommend what is good. We live in a city where the food is awesome. Really, right? How many of us here are self-proclaimed foodies? Okay. Have you written any reviews yet on Yelp? I've, I've done a few. There are some people who just know about good food, where you can get it, what you need to order, even how you can make it at home. Carrie and I, we've gone to different restaurants around town just because someone had recommended it to us, and we love them. Some of them we didn't like as much as people had recommended to us. We have a list of places that we haven't tried yet, but our friends rave about it, so eventually we're going to get there and try it. And we have our own list of places that we often recommend based on our own experiences. I brought one up today, Millie's. They're, uh, they're delicious. Anyone here a sample junkie? Okay. Uh, I'm such a sample junkie that I went to buy these Hershey Kisses yesterday at Sam's Club and I didn't go right to the candy aisle up front. I had to do the, walk the loop. Okay. I had to get my money's worth, my, my membership card worth. My favorite thing to do at Sam's Club is eat those samples. And I know I've seen at least one of us here at Sam's Club before holding the toothpick out and inviting me to enjoy that free sample. Where are you, Gary Whitmore? <laughs> Let me ask you about this. When was the last time that you recommended Jesus to someone? Not based on theology or philosophical information that you learned about or something that you heard in a sermon, but when was the last time that you recommended Jesus to someone based on your own experience? And you held out that toothpick and said, try Jesus. Because it wasn't your job to do so. Or because you read the box and the, all the stuff. It's because it's the best thing. Jesus is the best thing that you've ever tasted and you need to get others to try it for themselves. Recommendations that are based on experience, they can't be argued with. Because who can argue with your experience, right? You can tell me that you're different than me. You may not like the same things I like, but you cannot tell me that I'm wrong when I say that such and such food is good for me, or I like it, and that such and such experience of God that I've had has been good for me. Because it's my experience. Because experiences can't be argued with. In fact, I think it's the most persuasive form of recommendation. And the more details that someone is giving me about what they are recommending, the more interested I become in trying it out for myself. And that's how we recommend Jesus. So the first step to the good life in Christ is to experience God and see that he is good, okay? The second then, based on that, is recommend what is good to others. In other words, tell others about how, God, how good God has been to us. So then the next step in our process of good eats, spiritually speaking, is that we need to turn away from the things that are not good. Let's continue on in our psalm here, Psalm 34, 12 through 14. Does anyone want to live a life that is long and prosperous? Then keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. Turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it. The big thought here is to cleanse your palate. Cleanse your palate. Stop licking the bottom of your shoe. You're not going to find anything good there. Because the bad stuff, it wrecks your taste buds. It dumbs down your palate. Let me illustrate that a little further. Back when I was a teenager, 
which every year seems to be further and further away, distant memory. I smoked a lot of cigarettes back then, like two packs a day plus for several years. And uh, I ate food back then, of course, as we all did. And I enjoyed it for those years. But when I quit smoking, wow, the taste that flooded back within just a few weeks of me quitting smoking was incredible. And I'm not making it up. And my proof is that I gained 50 pounds within the first six months after I quit smoking. Now, this isn't a good commercial for giving up smoking, I know. That's not where I'm going today. Because smoking ruins your taste buds. It dumbs down your palate. Or how about when you're sick, okay? I remember this one time I had this horrible sinus infection. And I didn't realize it, but I must have lost my taste. And I'm on the road to recovery here, and I had... Uh, like a nice gift card to Outback Steakhouse, and it's not somewhere that we frequent, so uh, me and the family went to Outback, and uh, I ordered a big steak and all the delicious things that I love and I can never have, and it came to the table, and I started eating it, and it had no taste, and I was so bummed out. Actually, I was furious because I wasted a good gift card. I could have went to the diner and had the same enjoyment out of the steak as I did at Outback. What a waste. I'll never forget it. (laughs) Almost time for me to eat my Hershey Kiss. Or how about when you do a cleanse? Has anybody done a cleanse before? What an amazing thing it does to your taste buds. Uh, For example, every time that I would travel overseas to Cambodia on a mission trip, it would take just a few days for me to really cleanse my system of all the junk that we put in our food here in America or Western culture. And you can actually see a difference because like after a few days, my gums would be redder, my tongue would be redder because those toxins have gone, they're, they're gone, they're out, they're out, of, they're out of there. And the food in Cambodia, it was just, it was pure. There's no chemicals added to it or anything. And the food would taste so good. One of the favorite things, if somebody says, what's your favorite restaurant in the world? I always say, it's this little shack in the boonies of Cambodia, clear out in the countryside, there's this little place, and it's my favorite of all things. It is my, the top of my list. And they just have these pots that they've been cooking soup in probably for 100 years and probably never washed the pots out. <laughs> and that's what makes it taste so good because it's the best thing I've ever eaten in my life. And it's pure and it's good. And when you're over there for a while, your, your, your palate has been cleansed and you're ready to enjoy the good things. Same thing goes with our spiritual diet. To truly train our spiritual taste buds to get the most out of this life that we've been given, we need to get rid of the junk. To have an advanced palate, we have to continually and consistently partake of the goodness of God. His purity, his depth, his mystery. David tells us in the psalm that we must abandon evil that we must turn away from it, that we, that we must repent and then replace it with God's goodness. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Experience the goodness of God for yourself. Recommend to others what is good. Cleanse your palate by turning away from the junk of life and consistently taking hold of the good things that God has given us. Now it's time to think about what is it that makes us whole What is it that makes us healthy? What brings fullness of life and long-lasting goodness? Let's turn back to Psalm 34, picking up in verse 15 through 22. 
The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right. His ears are open to their cries for help, but the Lord turns his face against those who do evil. He will erase their memory from the earth. The Lord hears his people when they call to him for help. He rescues them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. The righteous person faces many troubles, but the Lord comes to the rescue each time. For the Lord protects the bones of the righteous. Not one of them is broken. Calamity will surely destroy the wicked and those who hate the righteous will be punished. But the Lord will redeem those who serve him. No one who takes refuge in him will be condemned. God will redeem those of us whose spiritual diet is based on a relationship with him, with his son Christ, when his Holy Spirit is alive within us. And the end result is a good spiritual life full of redemption. The thought here is to partake in what makes you whole, to eat what truly quenches that deep hunger that we all have within us, to consume what truly satisfies. Consume what truly satisfies. What are the results of good, healthy eating, okay? Joy, happiness, energy, right? Because food is energy. Stamina, strength, health, brain function. I mean, I could go on and on and on about what good, healthy eating can do for your body. Consume what truly satisfies. It's like fast food versus fine dining. There's an obvious winner here in my book. I don't know if anybody ever saw it back, way back when. I saw a documentary. It was called Supersize Me. It was about a guy who only ate McDonald's for 30 days straight. He literally almost died. His body and his health had rapidly declined in just 30 days of eating only McDonald's. No offense, McDonald's, by the way. It's my little uh, disclaimer there. 30 days of eating McDonald's, he went from great physical condition to horrible shape because of the long-lasting results of bad food that he was eating caught up with him and caught up with him quickly. And he wasn't satisfied with it either. I mean, sure, sometimes at first you eat something that's bad for you and you know it and maybe it tastes good, but how long does it take to get sick of it if you are used to eating good food? I could go for some McDonald's French fries right now. Oh, I mean, think about that, McDonald's French fries. Maybe I could even do some chicken nuggets if you put them in front of me. But the thought of eating that for three meals even today makes me want to hurl. <laughs> Spiritually speaking, fulfillment, relational closeness, intimacy, and love, they're all found in God. And just as eating healthy leads to good physical and mental outcomes, healthy spiritual eating will lead us to good spiritual and emotional outcomes. And these might take some time to show, but a good spiritual diet ultimately leads, ultimately it leads to good outcomes and overall satisfaction that nothing else in this world can provide us. Over time, you develop a taste for what you've trained yourself to eat. So if you eat junk all the time, you're gonna crave junk. If you eat healthy most of the time, you'll crave what is good. 1 Peter 2, 1 through 3 says this, so get rid of all evil behavior, be done with all deceit, hypocrisy, jealousy, and unkind speech. Like newborn babies, you must crave pure spiritual milk so that you will grow in full experience of salvation. 
Cry out for this nourishment now that you've had a taste of the Lord's kindness. The author says that we should crave pure spiritual milk and cry out for this nourishment now that we've tasted the Lord's goodness. In other words, stir up a craving for what is good. Stir up a craving for what is good. I don't crave liver and onions, ever. (laughs) My grandma did, but I do not. I always hated that day when we had to eat that. But I do crave bacon. And the right amount of bacon is okay for you. Mmm, bacon. But generally, I eat healthy food, believe it or not. Not all the time, by any means, but over the years, our family has been eating food that is good for us. And when we go through the holidays or through a vacation, maybe, and we eat too much food and we eat too much food that isn't good for us, it's not part of our normal cuisine. Yeah, it's awesome at first for a few days, but then we begin to realize that, oh, I'm just not satisfied any longer with this change in our diet. And we begin to crave this healthy food again in manageable portions. We go to the beach for a week and I'm already looking forward to those nasty salads again when I get back home. Actually, they're good salads. I call it chaos theory, that every once in a while we eat like garbage. I'm talking borderline gluttony and sin here, okay? To realize that we actually want to eat good. And the result is that we awaken these cravings for the good stuff, not the bad stuff, because our normal diet is based on the good stuff. So develop a spiritual taste for, good, for the good stuff by consistently consuming in God's goodness and his best for us. Crave the good eats. Make decisions that lead you to crave what is good for your life of faith. Feed into and stir up these good and right spiritual cravings. Train yourself to crave the attractive qualities of God, to have real experiences with him, and to let those experiences actually change your life because God is good. And if we truly experience God, we truly experience what is truly good. A lot of truly is there. Luke 18. There's a story where A man walks up to Jesus, a religious leader, asks Jesus this question. He says, good teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus asked him, why do you call me good? Only God is truly good. In other words, Jesus is saying this. Do you even know who you're talking to here? I'm good because I'm God. So if God is truly good, if God is the best thing that you'll ever have or ever experience, then I think it would make sense that we need to fill up on God and what comes from God. Would you agree with me? I already mentioned the beach once. I'm going to mention it again because I cannot wait. (laughs) We go to the beach for the summer, our summer vacation. Uh, We choose one night of that vacation and we hit the seafood buffet. Phillips, if you need to know. And I watch people all around me, even my own family, to my dismay, And they go up to the buffet and they start with a salad. Or they'll get some fried stuff. Or some potatoes or noodles, pasta, whatever. Not me. No way. My first trip through my last trip, I'm up there, I'm getting the crab legs, I'm getting the mussels, the oysters, all the good stuff. Because there's no time and there's no room in my stomach for the filler cheap stuff. That's what the buffets want to do. They want to fill you up on the cheap stuff. They don't want you to eat as many crab legs. 
I'm telling you, I can hit eight plates of crab legs without blinking. And like I said, mussels, clams, oysters, fish, all the good stuff. I'm not wasting one part of my stomach with the bad stuff because I want my money's worth and I want what I normally can't get. Anybody else? Okay, thank you. I didn't think I was alone. So I literally fill myself up on what I believe is good, the best. And the spiritual connection here, I hope it's easy. Do you see it? Quit wasting room in your life with crap, right? Quit filling up your life with the cheap stuff, with the filler stuff, with the stuff that is not God's best for you. Fill up on God's best. First trip to his buffet through the last trip of his buffet. Because there's not enough time and there's not enough room in this short life that we have for the garbage of this world. Fill up on God's goodness and in his good things. Fill up on God's compassion. Fill up on God's love, on forgiveness, on right living. Fill up on God's purposes for you, God's plans for you. The blessings that he has for all of us. The sustenance that he provides us. The good and perfect gifts that come from heaven above. I've always lived by this rule. Every good thing in moderation. Too much of a good thing can start to have adverse effect on us if we can't appreciate it and if we, if we don't just take time and savor the flavor of what it is that we're consuming. So I encourage you, spread out a little bit. Diversify. Spiritually partake of God's wide variety of good things. Don't just get caught up on one thing and camp out there. God has so much to offer us in this life that he's given us. Find the good stuff, leave the garbage. Because he wants you to experience so much. He wants you to go deep into his goodness. He wants you to experience the fullness of the salvation that he offers us. Matthew chapter four, verse four says this, but Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say, people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. As we think about that for a second, I want to invite the worship team back up. And I want to invite us to begin to look within ourselves here today. Hopefully, you're a little bit hungry physically. Hopefully, you're a little bit hungry spiritually. We've talked a lot about food. We've talked a lot about spiritual things. But I want to encourage you now to start looking inward. How do I apply this talk to my life. Because every day, our lives, there's this smorgasbord of options that are in front of us, right? Every time we wake up and we start the day, there's a smorgasbord waiting for us. Sometimes, it's just plain garbage. Sometimes, it's the filler, cheap, instant gratification that's in front of us. Sometimes, it tastes sinfully delicious because it is. It's bad for us. Sometimes it's good for us, but it's hard to eat. It's an acquired taste. But you include it in your diet and you always crave it once you get used to it, like a good addiction if there is such a thing. The point is this. With this buffet of options every day, what will you consume? What are you going to consume when you leave here today? Spiritually speaking, things of the world. What are you going to consume tonight? What are you going to consume tomorrow when you head back to work or back to school? Or back to your week. 
What does your week look like this week? What do you think is going to be on that buffet in front of you? What does the enemy want to put on that buffet to sidetrack you from God's goodness? Because he knows what you like on your buffet. This is hard work. It's not easy, is it? I know because I have a buffet that sits in front of me every day. Sometimes I choose the right thing, sometimes I don't. We have a God who loves us and forgives us. We also have a God that wants us to choose the right thing. He wants us to experience the best because he has the best in mind for us. He created us. He made us. He knows us better than we know ourselves. My question for you today, the big question is this. How can you be full on God and what comes from God? How can you fill yourself up with what God wants you to fill up with? The answer begins by going through the process of good eating like we talked about today. First, define what is good. For me, that begins with defining how good God is. And that, that takes a while because God is awesome and he is good. And it, I mean, it's like an infinite list of how he is good. And when you've defined good, now experience good. Experience God's goodness. Experience him. Try him out daily. Experience him. And once you've experienced him and you've experienced his goodness, I think it's going to be pretty easy to recommend him to others. In fact, I think it would be hard not to recommend God whenever you've really experienced the goodness of God and you continually do so. That's why we come together and we praise God because that's what we're doing. We're recommending him. God is good. We sing these songs. That is recommendation. That is us telling everybody who can hear our voice and that's telling, that's telling God, it's speaking right to his spirit and saying, God, you are good for all these reasons and all these ways. Endless things to say, endless things here. Then we go deeper. We need to cleanse our palate by giving up the garbage and the waste of the world that contradicts what God's good plans are for our lives. And anything that gets in the way of, this, of us experiencing God's goodness, it needs to be cast aside because it's just going to mess up our taste buds. And this is a daily process, remember. And then as we continually do this, we should find ourselves consuming the goodness of God in mass quantity. When the diet of our lives is filled with consuming the good things, we're going to find ourselves in shape. We're going to find ourselves full of true joy and contentment, strong in times of testing, fulfilled no matter what circumstances we find ourselves in. And this diet is going to produce the right cravings within us, cravings for the good things of life and of God. If we get caught up in the muck of life, it's not going to take long for us to remember the goodness of God because we're going to get sick of the muck of life pretty quickly. And the things that lead to nowhere, that lead to hurt and shame and pain and all the disgustingness of life, we're going to say, oh, I remember the goodness of God. And if you're there today, remember the goodness of God. So then we'll return to God and we'll fill up on his goodness again and we'll fill up on the good things of God in this cycle. Let me tell you, folks, it happens again and again through our lives. It's not a one-time thing. We will go through that as human beings. We'll be up here, we'll be down here, we'll be up here. And it, my prayer, my hope, is that every time we go through that cycle, that we'll be deeper and closer to God, that we'll be stronger and that we won't have to experience the lowness of the lows 
the next time, that each time it'll be a little bit higher, a little bit higher. Someday when this life is over, we'll be full. There will be no more cycle. So I gotta ask you, what is the next step for you today? What is the next step for you this week? What does God want for you? What does the Holy Spirit want you to walk away with and put into practice even beginning right now? Let's bow our hearts as we ponder this. God, very simply, I ask you this. Help us to know what is good, to experience you truly, to experience the good things that you have for us. Help us, God, to tell others about how our lives have been changed by your goodness. Help us to resist the garbage of the world and to fill our lives with the good things that you have for us. Give us the daily cravings of right living and a life that's devoted to serving you. And it's through your good son's name, the name of Jesus Christ, that we all pray and everyone said, amen. Thank you for listening to the Riverside Community Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at www.riversideconnect.org.